Hello, welcome back to Back to the Point. It's good to be back with you all. My name is Migs. And I'm Ian. Yep, and uh, it's good to be back. It's just a few days after Christmas, and it's been several Sharks games since the last time we recorded. Um, how's your Christmas break, Ian? That is still in effect, I guess, until New Year's, yeah, right? Yeah, I am, I am continuing on my vacation until after New Year's. Um, it's been nice, been back, been able to visit some family, show off my new daughter to for an extended <laughs> amount of time for show, to both show sides her of the family. Yeah. I mean, grandma. Are there family members that haven't seen her yet? Maybe like extended, but everyone's seen her. But yeah, some people have only seen her for you know once for a few. She's, she's achieved so. a new level of cuteness in the time that they last saw her. Right, dude, she's adorable. She is like objectively and also subjectively since I'm her dad. But yeah, I'm also excited. <laughs> I got a brand new thermos mug or a hydro flask mug for my coffee. So now oh. when I do my daily stand up, my coffee will not go from hot to cold by the time daily stand up ends which is always happens to me. I get my coffee. We have like our 10, 15 minute meeting. And by the time I'm done with the meeting, get back to my desk, my coffee's cold. Yeah. We recently got a hydro flask that we share. Um, that's one of those thermos coffee ones. And I use it. Yeah. I kind of hog it. I don't really let my wife use it very much, but she doesn't, she doesn't choose to use it. Um, I've asked her a couple sure. times. Do you want to take this to work today? <laughs> I'm awesome. very excited for that. And also it's nice. Yeah. My mother-in-law gave me a mug with my dog's face on it when she was making a really silly face. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I think that's cute, too. That is great, yeah. And I got a raclette grill that we will benefit together with. Yes, hopefully in a couple of days for New Year's. Yep. Yes. That would be nice to have. Uh, I will say for me, it was nice going home to San Jose and everything. But coming back to a two-day work week is pretty nice. And then having yeah. Tuesday off as well will be nice. But I will say my Thursday and Friday were very busy work days. Anyway, yeah. now we're just talking about our lives. This is super boring well, to all our listeners. But Tying back into <laughs> hockey, when we were in San Jose, yeah. instead of going to a Sharks game uh, this time, we tried to go to some of the morning skates and get some, you know, just watch the games or watch the skates and practices and see how that goes and get some stuff signed. We went twice for Saturday's one o'clock game versus the Kings. And I was such an idiot. I didn't think that was a one o'clock game because there would be no morning skate because mm-hmm. the game starts so early in the day. They don't do that. And the next day, and then that day we asked if there was morning skate next day for Sunday's game versus the Coyotes. And they said, yes. And then we showed up and there just like, wasn't a skate mm. and that sucked, but we did That's see the yeah. And he gave some like private practice to what looked like some college kids. And, mm-hmm. The day, the game that we could have gone to, the Thursday's morning skate when we were there, our friend who was texting with some of the Sharks, like, head front office people because he has taught their children, they were like, oh, there's no practice. And then I looked that morning a few hours later on Instagram on the Sharks story, and they had, like, a players only or a player elected Sharks practice. Mm-hmm. So my sources give me bad info and I missed. You have bad sources. I, I have bad sources. <laughs> I have bad yeah. sources. Yeah. I tried to goad you into going to one of those games, but we ended up not doing it. Yeah, we almost did, but it's so frustrating how it's you hard. Look for tickets and twenty five percent of the cost of the cheapest tickets are fees. <sighs> yeah. Which is frustrating. But <clears throat> 
it's also hard know. when you when you're up there for vacation and there's only like a day or two that works so if the day that works also like happened to be the king's game at sap mm. center it was a 1 p.m game so like more people could go likely the first day of break since christmas was like a monday or something like that so there was a lot of vacation time there game tickets were like 60 70 dollars for the cheapest seats like two or three weeks ahead yeah it was pretty brutal so that likely would have been a game we would have loved to go to but we're just priced out of that so yeah a little sad that we didn't get to see our sharks in person um but it's nice that Anaheim is not really a big fan base for the Ducks, so that Ducks tickets are a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, we do. So we, we can see them in person there. Yeah, we did. Maybe there's there's probably some games coming up in the next few months, right? In Anaheim. Yeah, we didn't have a very Couple, maybe. heavy Pacific Division schedule early in the season, so yeah, maybe we'll get okay. more fist bumps this time. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I could go to a Thursday night game. Yes, you um, could potentially but anyway we'll we'll keep that under wraps for now um so let's uh let's talk big picture moving forward so last time we recorded was you were telling me that it was just after the montreal game or the carolina game at home is that correct yep yeah so overall the sharks have been trending upwards it, it hasn't been you know, the most amazing run, but they, they had a nice five game win streak after not having won three in a row the whole season before that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even in some recent losses against the Kings and the Coyotes at home, which was frustrating. Uh, they still got points out of that, that homestand. Um, yeah. And, Especially... and, that's, and, and one of those games was without Eric Carlson. So, yeah. And, and I mean... there was a win against Anaheim without Eric Carlson. So that was good. Oh, right. Yeah, that was a game. Did he get ejected from that game? He did not. No, it, was, it wasn't... Uh... I forget. Oh, that was against the Kings Wagner, where he got suspended for that Did he hit. get penalized? I know he stayed, played the rest of the game, but did, no, was he it a could, minor yeah. penalty? There, there was not a match penalty. I couldn't remember which team the but, suspension yeah, was I know for. there wasn't a match penalty or anything, but w- was there a minor? Was there a minor penalty? I can't remember. Yeah, there was. It was a two-minute call for, like, cross-checking or something like that. Well, no, it was an open, open ice hit. Yeah, I um, know, but I think they called it as cross-checking or like um, boarding. No, no, like no way. There was no boarding involved or cross-checking. I don't know. There was a penalty. I, I'm not sure the they even called a minor. Is the thing. No, they did. Anyway. It doesn't matter. Well, whatever. That's neither yep. here nor there. He got suspended for two games. What do you mm-hmm. think about this? that suspension? I think we're on the same page for this. Uh, that was a pretty dangerous hit. Uh, mm-hmm. He came in at a – I will believe that Eric Carlson did not want to give this guy a concussion, which he clearly ended up with at the result of this hit. He was super woozy, couldn't get up without falling, very wobbly, had to be helped to the bench by trainers, at least for part of the way there. It, it was bad. And I don't want to see any concussion, and – I'll assume that Carlson mistimed his hit. Um, looked like he was trying to go through the hip and then mistimed it and ended up going through the body much higher. And then pretty much the main, the first point of contact was the first point of contact was a shoulder. The main point of contact was the head. 
yeah. just by the way he finished through the body and where the point of contact was made. And he should be suspended for that. It was basically a huge – I mean, it wasn't huge, but it was a pretty, like, medium to high speed hit through the upper body, giving him a big concussion. So, like, yeah. Even if it wasn't giving concussion and he didn't result in one, there should have been. Whether, yeah, or some. I mean, Eric Carlson. I don't really think has a track record. So whether it was a fine, or a one-game suspension, or the two games he got, like player safety should have acted, and they did. So. Yeah, I think the 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 call is right to suspend him. That that was just it's dangerous. Anytime somebody gets hit in the head, you kind of have to slap somebody's wrist at least two game suspension uh i don't know like maybe but i i just think he probably didn't do it on on purpose really well, i don't um, think anyone really does to, it on purpose uh except for i Tom mean wilson yeah <laughs> anyone yeah i was <laughs> correct you touche touche <laughs> and rafi torres in his in, in his yeah day. and cassie uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could keep adding. Yeah, okay. I, 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 re- I retract my. No, there are some sure. people that go for vicious hits and are kind of they charge. Maybe they're yeah. not head hunting, but they go after players and they charge. So no, yeah. I, th- I definitely think people have intent to. Yeah, injure. Exactly. Yeah, I guess kind of intent to injure. Yeah, oh but he, I don't think he was necessarily going for a really dirty mm-hmm. hit. I think he was trying to yeah lay a hit, but not through the head. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree. Should, he should be suspended. Uh, my my issue, like it's been for the last few years, is just the inconsistency with the Department of Player Safety. Because the next game against Arizona, yeah. Oliver Ekman Larson throws a purposeful elbow up high. Was it an elbow or shoulder? Something like that. It was a LeBanc. blatant elbow to the yeah. base head, which was in if front you of look him. at it. I think more it was of an intentional, willful. Uh, action of where he was making contact. LeBanc, yeah. I heard, you know, for some reason the recording didn't record this part of the game, so I just got uh, highlights or a review mm-hmm. of the hit. But uh, from what I understand, he didn't even go through concussion protocol, which is an issue no, in itself. He didn't. And then yeah. the Department of Player Safety doesn't even look at it. And that should be, that should be suspended. So for for a hit that's non really intentional in the manner and he hits a head yes suspend him for a hit that is more willful and intentional and you hit somebody in the head and it doesn't even get looked at like that's that's an issue and it's frustrating totally i watched this game and it wasn't even like a small follow-up a check shoulder uh, it wasn't a shoulder elbow like you know following through on your head on your check raising your elbow high it was literally just a straight elbow to the to the head for the yeah. bank. And I think it was earlier this season or it was last season, Marcus Johansson on the New Jersey Devils skated through the crease and someone elbowed him in the head and they got suspended for a few games mm-hmm. because they got suspended for a few games and Johansson was out for a period of time with concussion issues because he got mm-hmm. elbowed in the head. Like I have it was so blatant, I have no clue why no one looked at it. Which is just frustrating because you look at Carlson getting two games, I'm sure you could pull up two or three hits that got a fine or no look at all that looked basically the same. And, I mean, we'll, we'll say the same thing about these things for the Department of Player Safety for years until they start to have some sort of consistency. 
And whether that means just like pigeonholing types of hits into numbers of games, like brackets or something like that. If you do this, then it's this at this speed. Like they will have player tracking data soon. They can see the speed that they're coming in at. Like pretty soon they'll be able to roughly calculate this stuff. Why not just standardize it and give like buckets? Like if you do this, it's five games. If you do this, it's one game. If you do this, it's a fine. If you do this, then it's, you know, 10 plus Department of Player Safety, you know, discretion here. Personally, yeah. like a it's a little bit more it. complicated when you factor in if they have a history and yeah but i mean uh, you can create like a rubric yeah that yeah, you can publish fine. to the fans and then the fans should be able to expect that and then maybe you give ranges where it's like one to two or five to seven or you know 10 to 15 and then 15 plus or something like that you know like if you you can codify what you're already using down and there will be more player tracking data that's made available next season that we've, I believe we've talked about. Um, and they will be able to calculate some of these things, like something as simple as speed, for sure, they'll be able mm-hmm. to have. So you can see that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, everyone agrees that the Department of Player Safety needs to be consistent, and they're not, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't finished this Oilers game that happened earlier today, um, mm-hmm. as you know, but Whenever I see Leon Dreisaitl, I still get irked by the fact that he did that Ugh. crotch shot in the play- playoffs a couple so years ago, and dirty. he didn't get didn't he get fined, but like not suspended. I don't remember, but yeah, it was super dirty. Yeah, I don't. I feel like he should have gotten suspended for that because it was just so late, and it was. Yeah, he did it like way after the play was dead. I think was it Couture too, who was already I like think it suffering. Was Couture, yeah, <laughs> suffering so Couture with was broken against the Oilers. Yeah, I like that. that. Just like Tierney, like playing against Vancouver, but now he's gone. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ian, I, I know what I want to talk about next. So, cool. Um, <clears throat> over the last few games, and you know, with Carlson being suspended a couple games, and the way that DeBoer has been shuffling the forward lines a lot lately, mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident that Doug Wilson is going to try and trade for another. Um, forward I, maybe i shouldn't say i'm confident but it's something that i could see on the horizon that we're gonna uh, make a trade for another forward to add to the to the core okay uh what position and what line? uh i haven't thought about it that, <laughs> that deeply um because i would say in the last yeah. in the last like five games the fourth line has been amazing yeah no I, no i definitely although they so, will but... they have had a rotating winger as of late it used to be radil um carlson and gaudreau yeah but radil has been promoted and recently lebanc and donskoy have been taking shifts on the fourth line as they should have because they've been they need a kick in the pants they need to be better and they can provide a good role down there while radil can move up higher and show what he has to offer while he's been playing good so i agree with that decision but it seems to me the fourth line seems to be a bit of a lock-in right now. They've been producing really well. They seem to get about one goal a game of those past five. And I'm sure that's not right, but they have been producing assuredly. um, And at a rate that you would expect at minimum at a rate that you would expect the fourth line to do. Mm -hmm. So. It might might have to do with, 
maybe trade <laughs> trading one of those players, but dude, for sure, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I mean, I don't like to say this just because of Donskoy's history with the team, but um, dude, I agree. I know exactly. Maybe Donskoy going or um, Goodrow's been good, but I don't think he necessarily is a guy that you need to have there. Um, Melker Carlson is also a guy that's maybe been a little bit better in the last ten to fifteen games, but hasn't Melker necessarily been an essential component. Melker Carlson. Yeah, Melker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew. Exactly Get rid of Eric Carlson, no. please. Who, by the way, is on like a nine-game point streak. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been really killing good. it. He's been doing yeah. great basically since that Montreal game. Yeah. So and... I can't really back. <laughs> can't really back up what I'm saying so much, but it's just a sense that I have of yeah, if I this agree. team is there's warming up now and moving, and it's halfway point through the season. There's a lot of games that yet to be played, but with the trade deadline coming up in about a month and a half. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Doug Wilson tries to go after uh, another difference maker. <laughs> so. so, are you envisaging envisaging like a like a medium to bigger piece coming in, like yeah, third I mean, line and yeah, higher? It wouldn't be just like oh, let's exchange Goodrow for another player of the same caliber. Like I could see him going for um, like a. a slightly higher caliber player, you know, like, like Martin, Martin Hansel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll trade two first and a second one. Right. Oh gosh, oh, gosh. please. No. Um, I mean, he's good, but he, yeah, but severe overpayment. maybe a player of, of what his caliber was expected to be that, that season where he was like the number one free agent or, or trade trade target, I guess. I mean, um, I yeah, I haven't thought about it too extensively. Like I've said, I just get this sense that where the team is headed towards trying to make the playoffs and, and go big, um, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens again. Yeah, there's definitely a weird gap on the first line and third line. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be winger or center, like you you look at the first line and it's like okay, Kane and Pavelski, like oh okay, cool, cool. Thornton you're like well Thornton's a little slow he's generally doing the third line so then it's like okay Pavelski Kane Donskoy but like Donskoy doesn't produce on the first line and then Mm -hmm. you look at the third line and it's like Sorensen Thornton who are like absolutely killing it together and then you put Kane there and then you have a great third line but you're like Kane shouldn't be in a third line player he should be a first or second line player Right, and it it really just comes down to Donskoy getting these minutes that he can't produce at, mm-hmm. and Kane. I think people would like him to produce more, but I think if we extrapolated his numbers to the end of the season, they'd probably be about where we are. But he did just sign a big contract, so the team expects a lot from him. But I think he's still on pace for like a decent goal total. Mm-hmm. But I definitely would like him. I think lately he's been scoring a little bit more, but he did go through an extended dry spell, with like the middle. 20 games or so of the season um, that have been played so far. Yeah, he didn't score a goal for like 10 games. Yeah, which is, I mean, he's a goal scorer, so. Yeah, and I, I get what you're saying. Like, Donskoy, like, we talked about this briefly before, but, like, Donskoy, he's never had more than 36 points. and He gets first-line minutes. Yeah. Semi-frequently, and he gets second-line and third-line minutes, and he hustles, like, all else, but just, like, doesn't put anything up. He gets knocked down a lot too. <laughs> he does, yeah. 
he's not. But very he's physical. very fast. He's very fast, and he can stay with the puck at the same time. A lot of uh, in a lot of instances. So yeah, he's it's really kind of a mixed bag the, with him. Mm-hmm. He's really good along the boards for fishing pucks out and yeah. forechecking. But in terms of like physical play and staying on his feet, he's not really good. And I don't think that DeBoer is really like optimizing for those things, but I do think it's a bit of a detraction for him, just like it is for LeBanc, mm-hmm. where he is very skilled, but he does get knocked off the puck really easily. And I think, I think the DeBoer and, and Doug Wilson probably like DeBank, LeBanc has the skill um, of, a, of a great player and his vision and his shot. He's still working on it, and it's just frustrating to struggle with him while he tries to get there. Because some of the mistakes he makes are just so basic, you know. Mm-hmm. And but he's so good on the power play that you can't drop him off, and he is producing. So he does deserve his spot on the team. But you just see him make these, you know, very simple mistakes over and over and over. And it, it it's frustrating to watch. But he is also a new player, you know, a younger player. So I don't suspect him leaving. And I don't think they would tinker with Gaudreau because mm-hmm. he's been doing great on the fourth line over the past two seasons. So, and it seems like Radil Carlson and Gaudreau are that solution to the fourth line. Once they put that together and kicked off Suomela and um, Chartier and what sometimes was Gambrell off of the bottom lines, they've really soared and been really good. Yeah. Radil has been a nice addition. Him and Shimek. Uh... Yeah, for sure. Just bring in those checks, right? Yeah. I mean, those are basically like trade deadline <laughs> And you make Tomas Hurdle happy, too. Yeah. <laughs> so he's going to play better as well. Yeah. I mean, it's sad to see Suomela getting the demotion yeah. based on I've... the ability he has. But I agree with the decision based on how he was playing. Yeah. I wanted to say, like, we were thinking about these line- lineups. And I was like, oh, I forgot about some Suomela. And he's just hasn't played in a while. Yeah. Um, I can see honesty, him. I could, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You got it. Uh, well, I, in all honesty, the, I think you might've said that he might come back later. I could see that happening depending on yeah. from the HL, but the, the, the lines in general have been a bit of a maze to me. I mean, let's establish that. Let's say the new first line is Couture hurdle um, and maybe Meyer. I know it's changed up a little bit recently but let's say for most of the season so far that's been the first line and the fourth mm-hmm. line you've had you know good terms been of time there. Ice. yeah well okay. yeah and just in matchup and what you would yeah. know as like yeah the first the first and the fourth line the fourth mm-hmm. line you know goodrow it's been redeal lately it was chartier and gambrell there a little bit earlier and carlson melker but that second and the third unit that second and third line yeah. i just it's it's just i don't re- even really know like Thornton has been discussed as being the third line center, but recently he's been with Pavelski again. And then mm-hmm. Kane, like to Kane to me, since he's been this, his first full season of the shark, it's like, he just seems like a floater a little bit between the first three lines. And yep. uh, yeah, Pavelski, like, are you on the second line? Third? <laughs> yeah, It just Pavelski seems a little and... bit of a mix and I'm not sure what our set lines are besides, you know, Couture, pretty much being the first line center with hurdle and most of the time yeah and even even lately hurdles being put at third line center the past yeah. two games so so does that mean and, he seems to be, and thornton on the second line is that, what that it means? seems like they want 
Or are they the Pavelski, first Thornton, and Sorensen? <laughs> yeah. Together. Because Thornton and Sorensen have earned a third line pairing. Mm-hmm. And they played very well for a good number of games, enough to justify that they are the third line pair that you need to find the other winger for. And then you move Pavelski there, but then he needs his minutes because he's doing great. And then, okay, where do you put Evander Kane? Like, do you put Kane on that line or do you put Donskoy? Like, there's just some weird floaters there. And, and Thornton and Pavelski have been this pairing for so long. Mm-hmm. It's natural, pretty natural for them to it play It seems together. very natural to play together, but then from a lineup standpoint, they haven't really been paired together for a long time over the past, like, 20 games, I would say, or maybe except for the last game or two. So then, yeah, so I 100% agree. Like, there's something going on. Question And we're marks. doing fine. There's question marks. Like, what's going on with the, <laughs> our forward lines, right? It's all. It seems to be that it's all there, or the ability is – we have the ability to have it all there. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't been, like, unlocked yet. And I think with DeBoer coming back from the first game after the Christmas break – where they shuffled the lines. They did uh, Couture, Timo, and Radil getting top-line minutes. And they had Hurdle, LeBanc, and Donskoy. No, Donskoy started on the fourth line that one time. And then the, and then the next game, Donskoy was on the third line with Hurdle with – yeah, they've, they've really put everything in a blender, and I think they're really trying to find that unlocking. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Radil and Timo and Couture, there is something that could be there. It's taking them some time. But having watched all of last game, it looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. They didn't really – I mean, it looked like something could be there, and who knows. But it, it, we have all those parts, and if you unlock it, then I think it's there. And I just I, – I agree with you. I think we could trade for something at the trade deadline because it does mm-hmm. look like we need – something like if we don't figure out our shape in the next 10 15 games like basically by i would say probably by the end of end of january middle of february which i think is when the trade deadline is right yeah basically if it's a few games before the i mean i would say basically by the end of january if it still seems like we have this kind of like not really sure what's going on here Thing I think we'll trade for someone, and we're going to have to give up roster spots, right? Because with the Eric yeah. Carlson trade, we gave up so many assets. If we want to get anyone, and also if we trade for anyone, I think we would probably be getting a third-line player mm-hmm. to really shore up that third line. And then instead of having, like, Kane kind of drop to the third line, you can put him up there on the second or first line, and then you can have Pavelski stay on the first or second line because he's doing well, and then Thornton can stay with Sorensen, and then you just get another higher-skilled piece to add to the puzzle, you know? Yeah, that's what so, I'm thinking. And yeah, so I think... Doug Wilson's not going to just make a trade to make a trade. You know, if you find something that works with, with a better player, and yeah. like you said, having to give a player is already on the roster, we also have, that's palatable, it, it might happen. Mm-hmm. We also have roster or cap space because we haven't had to pay Carlson yet. Yeah. So we probably can make a move for someone that we wouldn't keep or like basically this is a cup or bust season now. The next couple of seasons are that because we have Carlson and that is our difference maker to get us there. Well, hopefully we have Carl- <laughs> Carlson. Yeah. The, and I think like a third seasons. line center would be cool too, right? Because uh-huh. then Thornton is then redundant, right? Because Thornton 
it just his future now is just more banged up, more injuries. Whether they're long term or him just constantly dealing with something, you know. Um, I think if we had a strong third line center who could slip in with more experience than hurdle plays on third line center, I think that would be good. But the situation, so you mentioned Thornton, but I want to talk about this too, because the situation with Thornton is um, interesting as well, or not so simple because he is heating up. I feel like, and you even tweeted the other day yourself, how he, seems like he's he's playing better so um this is uh that's something else that has to be considered because i i notice him a lot more it seems like he's playing more and he's getting back to his old form you know not necessarily yep. that he's out skating everybody but people still respect joe thorian i was watching i think it was the anaheim game and you just see players back away <laughs> they just back away from him when he has the puck so he still inspires fear in, <laughs> in other players by his uh, reputation and, and uh, people respect him and give him space. And he, if he has a little space that gives him the time um, and lets, his, lets him look around to see what options he has to, to make the good passes that he's known for. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We can't, it's not like we can continue with Thornton uh, till he's like forty-five. Yeah, although but he probably you don't want to for another few years, given like he's still producing. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I think at the third line center, we could keep him for longer than we would if we had him at first or second. Yeah, definitely. But but what, along what you're saying, I mean, if you got a third line center, like what what do you do with Thornton? You know. Um, well, I think it would have to be someone who can play center or wing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good not point. like a straight center. Thornton yeah. is a center. He's not going to be a winger. Yeah. Like he has gained a step and you can see him back checking more and being a little bit faster coming into and out of the neutral zone. Um, in the last maybe handful of games, whereas he wasn't quite as involved in those types of things away from the puck. Um, I think he's getting his legs back a little bit. DeBoer just said today that he's dealing with something unrelated to his knees. So, like, okay. But, you know, at 39, he's just not going to recover the same way. So, I think having less minutes a night, Thornton's always been a very strong player who very rarely, rarely misses any games. So, I'm not really worried about his, like, shape. Mm-hmm. So, I think really, if I mean, honestly, if he took another three, to his lower body, I think he'd be done. Yeah. Which is sad. So I think Don't for talk him, about that. <laughs> I think he knows that too. Like you, yeah. Even just for his future too, right? You know, like if he takes a big hip injury or something like that, like your hip, both knees, like what's your life going to be like after you finish playing? Every, every time he falls, I'm like, huh? Oh. <laughs> 100%. I'm I so like with you. how he gets up. Like, is he limping? Is he going slow to the bed? <laughs> He he fell last game. No, I I, d- I remember that. I think I was yeah. thinking that. It was like, oh my gosh, get up, get up, yeah. get up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Brett, I think Brett had a kind of was commentating, and he said something about 
what play he made and i was like okay brett's not concerned about (laughs) (laughs) the the camera panned off him and he's not talking anything worried about the way he was moving so yeah i was like phew i will say despite the roster shuffling it seems like night and day after maybe it was the montreal game maybe it was the carolina game right around that time maybe a game after that the sharks look like they are super solid yeah. Yeah, they had a couple of wins where they just completely grinded out the entire game. Controlled play like the Arizona game and the Kings game, they controlled almost the entire game for both of those and then get burned on one or two chances but like dominate the rest of the game. Yeah. Or or just completely grind out the game being very tight defensively and that's been such a welcome change over the past like entire course of the season. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was Doug Wilson coming in and giving that talking to around the Montreal game or something like that. He but did something that? changed. Yeah. There was, oh. there was an article about it. I think we talked about it. I'm not sure. Oh, um, I didn't know that, but yes, he did. He came in, he gave a, he had a meeting with the players and that was around the time when the sharks shuffled the coaches. I think. Yeah. And um, whether it was that game, a game later, two games later, the Sharks look completely different, and I'm not worried about this team anymore. And now when they lose games, it just looks like it's not the same thing over and over and over. Oh, you're losing games because you're giving up all these rush chances against these breakaways, these two-on-ones, these three-on-ones. It's, oh, they got it, – it, it just looks like a, a – there's no, there's no easy excuse, you know? Yeah, I it mean, just I looks still like a team that them. lost the game. I still see them giving up odd man rushes, but it's probably a more normal amount, you know, because that's going to happen yeah. in mm-hmm. games. But because we had it instilled in our minds for the, that first segment of the season where they were giving up uh, too many, right? <laughs> now lot. that now that when I see it still, I'm like, oh, you guys can't give that up. But overall, I think it's 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 happening at a relatively normal rate compared to what it was. Uh, like beforehand so yeah i think that's good and you didn't mention the winnipeg game too that was a game a better fate yeah they played really well and then totally that man that that breakdown in the last four minutes with jones playing ultra aggressively and just getting Mm -hmm. beat that just sucked but um, like what they really they really put it to winnipeg and they 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 played better than them that like winnipeg they got that lucky bounce off the boards for one of the goals. Sure. They, had, they they pulled Jones out of the net somehow. I mean, he, I think he might have been playing two tenths or something like that, which is not common for him. You but, know you've beaten yourself when the yeah. other team has a player who gets a hat trick on empty net goals. Oh, that was so <laughs> ridiculous. And like he didn't Ehlers. even shoot. He didn't even shoot because they called the penalty. Remember that? Which is which is the correct call, but yeah, but it's just it's, it's the weirdest hat trick of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, exactly. It gives me so much hope. That was when that was the end of the Sharks winning streak, I think. And uh, yeah, it, it, they just completely controlled one of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. And for the entire game. For the the shots were game. like 40 something to 20 something. Yeah. In that game just or... utterly dominated them. Yeah. And, you know, no team is perfect. And we have that whatever that stupid breakdown was, but that gives me hope, right? That yeah. if we had played that team earlier in the season, 
it would have looked extremely different. And I almost could guarantee a shark loss for that mm-hmm. game with that potent of an offense. But when we were playing sharks hockey, like they have been for this past, like maybe 10 games in a row, like the sharks look unbeatable. Like we were playing some, we played a couple of really good teams recently, late, lately and who have like good shot attempt percentages, Corsi floor percentages, whatever. But the sharks are like 59%. Mm. That's like, that's really good. Yeah. And the sharks are still haven't really unlocked their lines and stuff like that. Defensive pairings have really locked down since Shemek came in. Boy, what a great addition to the team midseason. Yeah, definitely. You know, but all that together, the Sharks are still winning and they're still scoring goals. We're not mm. eking out 2-1 victories. Like, we're getting a good amount of goals in net coming from a lot of different places. If anything, Timo, who was really hot in the beginning of the year, needs to score a couple. It's been a while yeah. since he's scored. And even with basically one of our second best goal scorer, maybe third best, he might have been passed at this point. But who a player who was carrying this team in the early parts of the season, for the first quarter of the season, now is pretty cold. And we're still, we went on a five game win streak. We're still putting up three or four, or sometimes five a night. Yeah. How great is that? I, I think Sharks we have hockey. a lot of scoring. Like we have a couple. I mean, Pavelski has 20-plus, Timo's after him, but mm-hmm. um, I think that the players that could do even better, like Kane and Couture, I mean, they have, like, a, a, a decent number of goals, but um, they're not scoring They're not scoring along career year paces, right? Um, they're I doing think... so- okay. Um, they're probably on, like, mid-20 paces right now, right? No, I think Couture is on pace for around – and don't check my math. I thought he but, only has like 10 to 15 goals. I don't think he even has. Yeah, but it's closer 15. to 15. Is it? Yeah. And we're less than just less than half. So if he's. Well, that would, still put him, that would still put him at the mid 20s. I don't think he's reached 15 yet, though. I think uh, he'll I think he'll reach 30. And I I think Kane may not, but I think it sure will. Yeah. Anyway, though, but like I said, he but yeah. he's not on the pace that he was last year, which was his um, for sure. career year for goals. But I mean, you got you got Sorensen putting in a handful of goals. Mm-hmm. You got some of the other players eking out goals here and there. So that's good. And then Hurdle's Hurdle's been um, picking it back. I think maybe when he got injured uh, several games ago, he kind of took some time he's to get back to into it. It's yeah, so sad because he a... gets injured a little bit too much for our liking. Yeah. And he always he gets injured once he's hot. Before, though. Yeah. Yeah. He's been doing well lately. I agree. You know who else is doing well? Carlson. He's yes. here. Yes. And he's Burns. He's here. <laughs> and Burns. My God. Yeah. Oh, man. He's so good. You really, you, I felt his absence in those two games. Um, yeah. With the, the way, I mean, they were still doing pretty well, but the way he drives plays, incredible. He's such a playmaker. Yeah. It's amazing watching him and Burns with his like athletic ability to stop, stop plays from developing at the, the Sharks defending blue line or the five feet just after that with just like a stick in the air or a quick poke check or a smack away or uh, stop the puck with your foot or out of the air. Just like all this stuff is like his athleticism is insane. And that's yeah. what makes him really he, good. Defensively. He's been pay- playing his best defense this year between the blue lines. I mean, oh, yeah. his control of the neutral zone and maybe like 
top of the defensive zone has been really good. But all in all, I think his his game has been really well-rounded this season, and he's been getting better and better um, the, the more the season has gone on. I mean, I think if he continues at his pace, he should be in talk for the Norris Trophy um, again because he's not just doing well on offense. He's doing – he's playing really good defense, you know? Um, yeah. Like I said, be in the neutral zone, like he, like you were saying, the way he bats down pucks, the way he just keeps plays from developing, it's it's really good. Um, I fear that Morgan Riley is going to win the Norris simply because the – as a function of a player Toronto who media. passes to the forward, a player <laughs> who passes to the forwards, and just the sheer amount of goals that Toronto scores—not necessarily yeah. because of his play, but because he starts rushes—and I know people listening is like, "Well, if he starts the rushes, then he's causing the plays." And yes, that's true, and I don't mean to belittle your opinion. I'm just not verbalizing it well. He starts with the puck on a stick. A lot of stuff happens after that. But they score so many goals and just win not by playing solid defense, but but just simply outscoring the other team. Oh, let's win seven five. Let's win six four. Like that's how they win. And he has so many points. I think just simply as a function of the scoring rate of his forwards, not necessarily of the ability of him. Well, yeah, you could say that uh, he's the last defenseman to to take the puck, so he'll take an assist. But you can compare defensemen, and you could say. Well, how much of these plays were due to the the acumen or the skill of the defenseman versus the forwards taking over and just doing their own thing? And you could, yeah. based on what you're saying, it might be argued that he's got such a powerful forward core that they do most of the heavy lifting on those plays. Versus in our team, Burns and Carlson are play; they're so strong at creating plays. You know, where if they didn't do their thing, mm-hmm. um, the forwards wouldn't really have as much of a shot, right? So much of our offense cycles from the point, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Burns and Carlson are the pistons that drive the engine for the Sharks. Definitely. Like, they are the key cogs of the the machine. And I know that I believe there are a couple of W16 engines at the. uh, Yeah, they're two V8s slapped together to make a W16. Let's (laughs) go. They are a W16 engine. Also, (laughs) we're not lying. That's a real engine. Yeah. Look at the Bugatti Veyron. Yeah. What's the new one called? Bugatti Chiron? Yeah, Does that have a W16 too? Might have like a double W32. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Probably the got like two billion horsepower. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I do think Morgan Riley has a good amount of primary assists, but again, I think that's a function of simply how good the forward core is. And I do fear that the Toronto media is going to freaking give him a Norris. And he has had a good season, but, like, will he be in contention for it next season? Probably not. Yeah. You know, so, whatever. How many how – many, no, I don't want to ask this question. I don't um, care about Toronto, <laughs> so. Huh? What, I don't yeah, care about Yeah, I was going to ask about John Tavares, but no. Dude, let's, just, let's just finish. I don't want to talk about John Tavares. I don't, talk about Tavares. I don't care. Yeah. So, I think I'm major points. <laughs> I think the sh- we, we think that the Sharks will probably make a move for some type of forward – maybe a winger, maybe a dual-purpose player around the third-line skill level, taking away some roster players we know, or assets, but not picks because we're so low on picks. We already probably have to trade to get some of those picks back. Mm-hmm. Maybe we even trade a player to get picks back. Maybe. 
maybe. Although as, I don't as... think it would be a roster player. Yeah. Right, but maybe someone from the AHL. I could see that because we do need picks back, and it wouldn't we have be to like get a highlight somehow. trade. But it's just Doug Wilson trying to replenish the cupboards. So yeah, replenishing the cupboards. But I think that the team is in a win now, like a super win now mode after getting Eric Carlson. So I doubt that we'd be trading a roster player for picks. So also, also the discussion about. Eric Carlson re-signing yeah. will pick up in the next couple months too. Oh, I'm not um, ready for that. Yeah, that'll be stressful. But <laughs> I think he, I think he will want to re-sign. It's really, and I really think the Sharks can get him the money. It's I'm really just worried about what happens after what that. He he seems pretty tight-lipped about his emotions about it all. He's just very professional about when he talks about things. Uh, but yeah. I'm worried. I'm like worried that like, what if he hates it and like wants to just go somewhere else? Are you worried? With facts behind no. you, or are you worried? I'm worried with just about like this nebulous anxiety. feeling in yeah. in me. That's like you're worried about going to leave. The pessimist in you is worried. I'm worried about being Brian Campbell, but like way worse. <laughs> Dude, that would be <laughs> so, like way way so worse. bad. Yeah. <laughs> I also think if he doesn't resign, then we have the ability to lose a pick again. Right? Was that something with him landing on the East Coast roster next season or something like that? Yeah. Like, oh, that'd be brutal. Yeah. So well, that's if he gets traded. If he gets traded this okay. season, and that's not going to happen. Well, we would trade him if if we know he's not going to resign. The Sharks would trade him. So it would be in the off season, but we would trade him. We wouldn't let him walk for nothing. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, but, but we would try to <laughs> trade him for picks so that I... the picks we lose would be compensated. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But anyway, the, man, the Sharks look good. They, um, yeah, they do. They have turned the corner. Carlson leading the way. Definitely. Yeah. All right, man. Well, go Sharks. And, um, go Sharks. Happy New Year to everybody. Thanks for listening. Yeah, if you want to uh, follow us on social media, you could follow me at, at dnigs22. You can follow me at Ian Said So and our. Uh, podcast Twitter at underscore back to the point. Yeah. And if you're going to follow anybody, follow Ian. Cause I pretty much just like what he says. <laughs> <laughs> Makes on Twitter functions to like me. <laughs> you're like a bot yeah. that I made. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not a real, it's not a real Twitter account. It's just <laughs> one day you'll accidentally tweet out ones and zeros and then you'll be, you'll be found. Uh, yeah, definitely. You'll be found. Yeah, I'll <laughs> be found. It's the situation. I'm yeah. the software developer. Yeah. That was the two of us. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, happy New Year. And go Sharks. Go Sharks.